This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to God, Trump, and the 2020 Election, my new podcast, tied into my new book by the same title. And today I'm going to talk about what Donald Trump is really like. You know, he's a very complicated person. He's a billionaire businessman, lots and lots of press about him. He was a celebrity on NBC for The Impredence for many years. And then out of nowhere, he burst into the political scene, got the nomination for president, which none of the pundits thought he would get. And then he won against all odds. Now, I have written in my previous book, God and Donald Trump, that prophets said that he would be elected, even though nobody thought he would. And there he is. But he's widely criticized. Christianity Today even blasted him, said he should be removed from office because of his so-called character flaws. I counter that says that God has always used flawed leaders. In fact, there's a whole chapter in the book about that, and I will opine about that in another edition of my podcast. But recently, our PR firm sent out a press release quoting my book about what Donald Trump is really like. And I believe that whether we love him or hate him, we must re-elect him. And even though he's widely criticized, even though the House of Representatives actually impeached him, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. But I mean, it just shows the vitriol against the president. Even in the evangelical community, which there's a certain number of people who, back when he ran for office, they were never Trumpers, and they apparently haven't changed their mind. My friend, Dr. Rutland, Mark Rutland, says that you should never say never with God because you become prideful that you will never change. And even if God wants you to change, you won't do it. And I just thought he made a very good point. And I think a lot of people who don't like Donald Trump, don't like his tweets, or even with Mark Galley, I wrote about him in my book, Trump Aftershock. I asked him to try to explain to me what never Trumpers think. And basically it came down to that Donald Trump is a populist. And these people think that a populist is too close to being a dictator, which I think is a real stretch. Some dictators are populist, but it also means that they listen to what the people really want. And part of the problem that we have in Washington, in my opinion, is that we have a deep state where it doesn't really change no matter who's in office. I mean, even the impeachment hearing, some of the uh, career bureaucrats said, oh, they were so concerned that Donald Trump would mess up American foreign policy as it related to the Ukraine. You know, how stupid is that? The President of the United States is the one who leads and directs the U.S. foreign policy. Yet these unelected bureaucrats who didn't like him criticized him for messing up policy. He's a disruptor. Mark Galley told me in uh, Trump Aftershock, which, by the way, I did a whole podcast on it. You can hear it on the Charisma Podcast Network. He said that he liked presidents to be understated and to nudge things along. Well, I've interviewed Donald Trump once. I actually talked to him on the telephone once. I've obviously become a big admirer of his. I don't think he's perfect. And when I've had to speak publicly to defend him, I make clear that I don't approve of every single thing he does, but I believe that God has raised him up. And I think he's also very winsome. I mean, all you have to do is go to one of his rallies. I've watched many of his rallies on television. I went to the one in Orlando in June of 2019 where he announced free election. I'm actually going to another Trump rally in a few days, and I'll make that a subject of a podcast as well. And he's funny. He relates to the crowd. He talks about issues that are important to people. 
And when you know him up close and personal, which I don't, but I'm an observer of his, and I have many close friends that are on that sort of faith advisory council, and I even interviewed them. I have a whole chapter in the book about what he's really like, and, you know, he's very loyal, he's hardworking, he doesn't smoke or drink, he's never taken drugs. You know what? There are a lot of Christians that can't say that. And, you know, I think from my very conservative Pentecostal background, that's what we expected of everyone. And he's also a nice person. When I interviewed him, I kind of expected him to be a little bit more like what you see on TV, but he was fairly soft-spoken. I absolutely had his attention. I've spoken about this before and even written about it in several of the books. I got a 10-minute interview. I negotiated 10 minutes. I interviewed him right after he was interviewed by CBN. There was a minute or two of transition. I had two staff with me. We came in and Donald Trump helped himself to a bottle of water. And as I came in, he offered me a bottle of water. There was absolutely no protocol that would demand that. I think it just showed that he was being thoughtful and a little bit hospitable. And I thanked him, but told him I didn't need it. But the people that work with him love him. They're very, very loyal to him. And he's loyal in return. I was impressed that I had his attention for those 10 minutes. He was respectful. He didn't seem to think that I was wasting his time, you know, that charisma, you know, isn't as big as some secular publication. You know, he had agreed to it. They had vetted us, of course. They decided it was important to reach out to the Christian community. They knew that charisma endorsed him. We even ended up putting him on the cover of the magazine in 2016. I did everything I could on my platform to back him. And I had occasion to interview a couple of other presidents. The most significant interview is with George W. Bush. There were six journalists, one of them from Christianity Today, interestingly, and we were each able to ask questions in kind of a press conference type setting. And I have a lot of respect for George W. Bush. We even published a book called The Faith of George W. Bush that was a New York Times bestseller. But I'll tell you, he acted like he was ready to go on to his next appointment. He didn't seem to really care. He never really interacted with us. We wrote the book without an interview. We did it from the public domain, but it would have been great if we could have gotten an interview. Stephen Mansfield wrote the book. We couldn't get to first base with him. Donald Trump, on the other hand, has been very, very open to evangelicals and to Christian media of various kinds, not just us, but other Christian media too. CBN has also had a very good relationship with him, has covered him a lot, and he has included CBN as one of the important media companies, which they are. But in the secular culture, they tend to disrespect Christian media, including Christianity Today, which has now become the darling of the left because they have attacked Donald Trump. In fact, Forbes magazine did an article with a headline, Christianity Today picks up thousands of subscriptions after blasting Trump. Well, when you read the fine print, they lost 2,000 subscriptions immediately. They also picked up 5,000. That's a net of 3,000. That is a drop in the bucket. You can get 3,000 subscriptions in a day when you just do a promotion. You know, I'm in the same business. We've been a competitor for Christianity Today for many years. We have very, very similar numbers. But, I mean, Forbes decided to say they got thousands of subscriptions. And literally, I guess it was true. It was more than 1,000, so it made it thousands. But, you know, I'm just trying to talk about what Donald Trump is really like. The press tries to make him out to be a buffoon, which is really ironic because they loved him before he ran for president. 
when he went to his first major foreign trip, went to Germany to meet with the different leaders from NATO. They talked about how he was going to embarrass everyone and all their leaders weren't going to respect them and would barely talk to him. There were photographs that were released, one of which I actually published in Trump Aftershock, in which they're all gathered around him. And you can tell from their expressions on their face that they're listening very, very carefully. And that was not a posed picture, but it kind of went against the narrative that nobody would respect him. Actually, he has gotten a lot of respect from different people in the world, different leaders, including some leaders that would barely talk to us, like Kim Jong-un of North Korea, who had never even talked to an American president, going all the way back to Harry Truman. Now, let me talk a little bit more about Trump and this press release we sent out. When I interviewed him in 2016, I asked him about his child-rearing priorities and his secret for having such a good relationship with his children and their obvious respect for him. And, you know, one of the ways you can tell about a person is what their kids turn out to be. You can tell a lot about their parenting skills. He raised them, you know, even though it was a broken home and he had a couple of wives, he obviously did something right with his kids because they've all turned out very well. And the two younger ones aren't nearly as well known. They're not in the spotlight in the same way, but they seem to be fine youngsters. And I respect Donald Trump for being that kind of parent. I also believe that he has a great sense of humor. He's a good family man. I believe that he's a great statesman. I think that history will show that he's one of the best, most productive presidents. I mean, to think what he's accomplished with all the attacks and where he has attacked every single day and where the Democrats do everything they can to eliminate him being able to keep his campaign promises, especially building the wall on the southern border. He's come up with some very creative ideas how to move ahead without their cooperation. Also, people that know him, people like Paula White Kane, I interviewed her in my new book, and she would talk about how she had occasion to be with him in different settings, and when he'd come out of Trump Tower, he would stop and talk to George, the man that was selling hot dogs on the street. And as he went through the lobby, all the receptionists and the different people, he seemed to know all of their names. You know, he didn't just have time for the big people, he had time for the little people as well. Stories are told about when he was on the job site. He would get to know the union workers, and he would ask their opinions. And most recently, he met with some just regular enlisted people when he went over to Afghanistan to kind of find out what it's like on the ground, didn't just talk to the important people. I think all of these are things that tell what he's really, really like. Now, one story I tell about in the book, and I'll wrap up this podcast with this. It was right before the midterm elections, and he was in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I actually listened to that rally on the radio, or actually I listened to Sirius XM, so they have Fox. So it was on Fox, but I listened to it. And there was an elderly lady who fainted, and he stopped the event for about 10 minutes until the medical personnel could come in and help her. And during the meantime, the crowd spontaneously broke into Amazing Grace. And where but at a Trump rally would people feel comfortable to talk about Amazing Grace? And later, Trump made some calls to check on the woman. Now, he didn't have to do that. I never heard of another president doing that, but I think that he's really a nice guy. It's just that he stands for his principles. There are an awful lot of dishonest politicians who are only interested in power and politics and who have radical agendas, and he's standing up to them. Well, of course, they don't think he's nice. He's not doing their bidding. 
And I can talk about that a lot. In fact, I do talk about it in the book. But I'll just wrap this up and say that I think it's very, very important that we recognize that the president is really doing a good job. It kind of doesn't matter if we like him or not. This is not about personality. We're not electing our best friend. We're electing a very strong leader, a very effective leader, a leader who is appointing the right kind of judges who will actually follow the Constitution, a leader who stands for religious liberty, who stands for life in the womb, who is very, very strong supporter of Israel. I mean, I could go on and on. And that's why I wrote my new book, God, Trump, and the 2020 Election. If you hear this podcast before it releases on January 14th, order it ahead of time on either Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or I like to support ChristianBooks.com because I know that company, they're a good customer of ours and they're Christian people trying to promote Christian books. But if you go on there and then go on our site, God Trump 2020, which is a shortened version of the name of the book, you can get $90 worth of free stuff. Now, if you hear this after January 14th, it's only a pre-order special, but I thought I'd mention it to you as our way of trying to encourage people to order in advance. I'm glad to say that the early signs in the book are very good. I think it's coming out at the right time, especially thanks to Christianity Today's op-ed, because it's making the media much more focused on what evangelicals are thinking. And I wrote the book to encourage Christians, evangelicals, and I assume you are one or you probably wouldn't be listening, but I urge you to support the president in the 2020 election because so much is at stake. Tune in again tomorrow for another podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. God bless you.